chilled your delicate sensibilities. This has explicit fucking content. Hi, my name is Angela, and I have 30 years experience in the adult entertainment industry. And I'm Jordana, and I once tried peeing in a public bathroom sink, and it completely tore off the wall while I was on it. There. The sink fell off the wall. It completely fell off the wall. Okay, so I'll pee anywhere. I don't give a fuck. But Fine. this was the nastiest bathroom on the face of the planet. It was like the one in train spotting. And I just, <laughs> I couldn't do it. And I climbed up on the sink and it completely broke free of the wall. There was water squirting everywhere. Did it shatter on the floor in a million pieces? Thank the gods. It was not a porcelain sink. Nice. It would have cut my ass. Right. (laughs) My friend was in there with me. We were on a road trip and she ended up squatting. You know how there's always like a drain hole? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She just squatted in there. She was like, fuck it. I'm really glad we don't have to have a key for this. So one day when I was at work not too long ago, one of the girls bent over to pick something up. She dropped a tissue in the restroom and apparently her butt just slightly tapped up under the sink and it pulled the sink off the wall. Oh, and this was porcelain. It fell on the floor and broke into a bazillion pieces. It sounded like a shotgun. It was so loud and everybody came running and she was like, I'm okay. I'm okay. It was very exciting. The ass that launched a thousand porcelain sinks. That's right. Oh my God. That would be so embarrassing at work. Yeah, she was super embarrassed. <laughs> Speaking of bending over, I have some sex news. Breaking news. Give it to me, Jordana. So two people went to the bone zone at Cedar Point, or as I like to call it, Peter Point, and now it's living <laughs> up to its name. I mean, surely more than two people have done this. Well, these two people were on the Ferris wheel. Oh! And there were all sorts of people on the Ferris wheel with them. Four different people narched to the cops about it. Apparently, the whole Ferris wheel was shaken. If this Ferris <laughs> wheels are rocking. <laughs> So were they arrested? They were. I wonder if they get ticketed for public indecency or exposure or whatever when the cops didn't actually see it. If it's just like other people saying we saw it. Well, at first they tried to deny it. And the lady was like, oh, I lost my pack of smokes. And he was just, I've been over to get them. And he was just trying to help me. But that didn't fly because so many people saw it. Gotcha. They were not in the safety belts. They must not have been because she bent over. That is reckless. And now I want to do it. <laughs> well, don't get caught if you do it because they put their names out on the like all of the intern webs has their whole names. Oh, that's exciting. I don't know if I want to be notorious for being the Ferris wheel humper. Here's the quote from Yahoo. The group of witnesses included two juveniles who were in the cart below the couple on the Ferris wheel. Witnesses told police that they could feel the cart shaking and saw the man and woman both expose themselves on the ride. According to the police report, I am very disgusted when I hear that there were juveniles around. It seems like they would make sure that that wasn't a thing. They were charged with a misdemeanor of the first degree. Sounds like Hmm. a ticket. On the Ferris wheel. Confronted by a Peter Point police sergeant. (laughs) They sent the sergeant out. They're like, excuse me, ma'am, but were you going to the bone zone on our fine Ferris wheel? (laughs) 
you fucking imagine? No. When they're not busy tasing black kids, they're busting up sex on the Ferris wheel. Yeah, between 32-year-old people? I mean, it's not even like teenagers. They're like grown-ass adults. Full disclosure, I have been finger-banged on a Ferris wheel. Really? As yeah. an adult? No, not as an yeah, adult. Right. Teenagery thing. I feel like it's a teenagery thing. Yeah, I feel like you're right. That has got to be a teenagery thing. Like, I have no desire at this point in my life to get finger banged on a Ferris wheel. No, I don't even want to go on a Ferris wheel, to be honest. Yeah, I have no fucking, there's nothing exhilarating about a Ferris wheel. They're slow. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not a thrill. Mm mm. There's kids on there and they talk and make noises and you're like, uh. <laughs> oh, at Peter Point. Have you ever been to Peter Point? We went to Cedar Point every single year. Yeah, I went there quite a bit too. I see you're enjoying a delicious Diet Coke. Fuck yeah, I am. I myself have a Diet Pepsi. Look at you. Like I mentioned last night or whenever that was, I think we should talk about slut shaming just with how there's such a negative perception of women who are free with their sexuality. You know what I mean, Jelly Bean? Here's the problem I have with that. Not only is there a negative perception with women who are free with their sexuality, but there's also a negative perception of women who are prudes. They call them ice princesses. There's no way we can be. No. Just simply existing is wrong yeah i actually believe i was talking to about that the other day just the fact that everyone like they should just be able to be who they are like if you're comfortable with your sexuality and you want to go out and experiment and experience all the things then fine it's no big deal it doesn't hurt anybody just go and do the things you know be safe and use protection but experience that and if you're not comfortable with that if you don't want to do those things that should be okay too it shouldn't be a rush to lose your virginity if you don't want to you shouldn't have to feel like it's required when i was a teenager there were people making up rumors about me that weren't true and i tried to think of a way i could get in front of that so i decided that if people were going to make things up about me i was going to be the biggest whore that little town had ever seen and i started making shit up about myself i made up stuff about me doing anal i was like 15 i made up stuff about me being the blowjob queen I just wholesale made up rumors about myself. And there was only one person who ever called out my bullshit for the entire time I was in high school. And she's a reporter now. Of course she knew. <laughs> yeah. So how, how'd that work out for you? What I did not anticipate because I was young and when you're that young, your brain's not done growing. So you don't understand consequences is that people were going to hate me for it. Yeah. I didn't realize how it was going to affect my relationships how it was going to keep me from having them. As far as that goes, I don't know if I would change anything. When I was in school, I guess it started in middle school, maybe before, but definitely hardcore in middle school. I also was the girl with the bad reputation. At first, you know, there were a lot of people who would say things about me that weren't true. And then at some point, I just kind of felt like I was going to go ahead and embrace it. I was, you know, curious young lady and, um, and I wanted to know what all the things were like. And I figured if they were going to say it about me, I might as well go and do it. So it just kind of pushed me. I mean, I pushed me, but you know, like the whole thing just kind of probably got me going on a path earlier than I really needed to. So 
Yeah, same. I mean, I was definitely slutty and I experimented a lot. The reputation I gave myself was a whole lot more out there than what I was actually doing. I was not doing anal in high school. So I actually heard, and I don't remember even when I heard this, but I heard at some point that the new thing going around with the with the youngins, with the teenagers, was that they were doing anal because you can't get pregnant and you're still, like for a girl, you're still a virgin if you're not doing it in, in the lady part. The boys, uh, particularly in the Christian community, tout that. They say, let's do it in the butt. You'll still be a virgin. It's not against God. I know girls who were getting talked into that when I was in school. Really? Yep. But I also didn't have that big Christian guilt thing to worry about or whatever it is. I feel like virginity is probably just a social construct. Yeah. You're no different before than after. No, and I feel like people put so much pressure both ways. Either you absolutely have to be a virgin, like if you're female. And for men, I feel like they're looked down upon if if they haven't, you know, already lost their virginity at some point. There's a lot of pressure for teenagers in general, male and female, to be in a relationship, to have a, a girlfriend and a boyfriend. Your teenagers, like, just have friends and do friendship. You don't have to be coupled up all the time. You got lots of time to be grown. There's no reason to be doing all that so early. Well, I agree that having a boyfriend or girlfriend is not the most important thing when you're a teenager. I would have to say, I do think it's important. I think that you build a lot of those relationship skills during your first relationships. And a lot of those happen when you're in high school. They don't have to, but I think a lot of them do. And I think that you feel things very deeply during that time because you're young and things are new. I think it's okay for that boyfriend that's not going to last forever to be important to you in in that time. I absolutely agree with that. I just don't, in my mind, I'm thinking there shouldn't be so much pressure for, you know, people to be, for you know, whoever you are to be involved in a relationship. If you are, great. I I mean, once again, I'm all for whatever makes you happy. If you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you guys are, you know, mutually exclusive, that's fantastico. But if you're not feeling it, then it shouldn't be, you know, seen as a bad thing. Oh, I completely agree with that. And I always felt bad for the kids that you could tell felt really left out, especially, you know, Valentine's Day, everybody's getting flowers and you always see those girls girls who maybe their dad sends them flowers or their mom because they don't have anybody to. That seems like a lot of pressure. Yeah, I agree. Shouldn't feel lonely or like you're a complete fuck up when you're 14 years old because you're not paired off. Agreed. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. I knew a dude who was a 30 year old virgin. For reals? Yes. And I had decided because he was kind of into me, allegedly, that I would usher him into his sexual exploration. I spent a lot of time at his house. I was in college and I was really good friends with his roommate and we would get all get fucked up together. And this dude had a bed room that was completely lined in fish tanks like he was obsessed with keeping fish interesting if they made it he would he would always joke he was doing fish abortions he would go through every day and take out the eggs and flush them he was like i had to do fish abortions this morning so anyway one night he's like do you want to go to bed with me and i was like yeah sure (laughs) we held hands in bed we were just snuggling and we kissed a little bit we were kind of trying to get into it and there was no activity happening below 
the belt for him. Just none. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, he's just not into this for whatever reason, or mayhaps this is why he is a 30-year-old virgin. I don't know. I don't really give that much of a fuck. This is no reflection on me or my hotness, obviously. Obviously. That was that. I called it a night. I went to sleep. The next day, he asked me to stay, and we held hands on the couch and watched old episodes of Beavis and Butthead. And he asked me out on a date. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Well, I ended up not going out on the date because I met another guy and we got kind of serious. Years later, I don't know, like 15 years later, I'm at a bar outside on the front porch of the bar smoking a cigarette. And I see this dude, this dude with the fish. Gotcha. And I'm like, hey, how's it going? How are you? And the first words out of his mouth is he says, I don't know what happened that night. That's never happened to me again. And I'm trying to search my soul for what the fuck he's talking about. And I had a friend with me and I go to the car to get away from him to smoke my cigarette. And I'm like, what? I was like, what the fuck is that guy talking about? I'm like sitting here thinking, and she's like, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and ask you, did you try to fuck him and he couldn't get a boner? (laughs) (laughs) And then you were like, oh, yeah. That was exactly what I said. I kind of feel like I need to know if you have any idea if he's still a virgin. I don't. I actually asked his old roommate and he did not know. I'm super curious. Just wanted to know. If I could remember his last name, I would ask him. I would find him on the Facebook or whatever and ask him right now. I'd be like, bruh, did you ever? I don't know. Maybe he was on a medication. Perhaps. I have heard that a lot of that antidepressants can cause issues. Or maybe he's just not partial to pussy and hadn't come to terms with it yet. Perhaps. That does happen. Or maybe I have fucking a weird kiss in octopus hands and he wasn't into it. I don't know. Right. Or, you know, maybe he just wasn't feeling it at the moment. Shit happens. Have you ever had sex with somebody you later found out was gay? Yeah. How was the sex? One of my first boyfriends is now married to a man and he is very gay very gay (laughs) as opposed to just kind of on the edge of gay just the lip just the tip as opposed to i have had relationships with a number of men whose sexuality is somewhat more fluid they uh you know are are bi and and that kind of thing so this fella he and i met up in vegas and 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 we had sex years later and it was all right like there were yeah. boners and oh yeah yeah yeah, all that stuff mazel tov <laughs> <laughs> now for something really different letters from listeners dear bear bitches bitches Dear Bear Bitches, I was dancing under the stage name Jordan while I was in my last year of college. During break, I put in extra hours. One Saturday night, a gentleman gave me money to dance for his friend. While making small talk, I mentioned going to school. He proceeded to tell me that I'd probably be taking his class. Indeed, I was in his class that spring semester. The kicker was that there was a student in the class named Jordan. So anytime the professor or anyone else said the name Jordan, I turned around. Signed, Confused Co-Ed. Today we're talking to Karen live from the Deja Vu VIP room. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Tell us how you became the owner of your very own strip club. It is a very, very long story. Back to about 1991, I think. And I was going to college at Michigan State. 
I needed a job desperately. I was working in the cafeteria at Shaw Hall. I was very broke and I was looking in the paper because that's what we did in those days for jobs. And there was this little line and it said, waitresses wanted no experience necessary. And I thought, oh my God, that's right up my alley because I had no experience. And so that was perfect for me. So I got my car, got directions and I drove down to the club, which was called Deja Vu. And I looked at the building and it was pink on the outside. And I thought, God, this is, this just looks strange, but okay. So I went inside, it was a long walk and I walked up to the bar and I peered through and I was like, oh my God, there was a naked woman on stage. And I was like, Woo, I'm out of here. This is not the place for me. I turned around and started walking away. And the manager must have been, his name was Carl. He's like, hey, what you doing? And I'm like, uh, uh, I was just, I was looking for a waitress job. And he's like, you're hired. Come on. <laughs> at that very moment that would have been it so that's actually how I got my foot in the door and started there you know I started out waitressing and learned how to do that and then the bartending of course and then eventually I uh, noticed that these dancers these naked people were making all kind of cash I eventually decided that I would go ahead and give it a whirl and so I did and I did that for several years after that I kind of felt like I just needed to do something else uh, move beyond this into perhaps a different kind of career and I enjoyed the business I liked it. I liked the people around me. It was a very, very, very fun and dynamic environment. And I decided to try my hand maybe at managing. So the staff there was kind enough to let you start kind of like starting all over again, but you start in a different position, which would be management. And so I did that assistant manager for many, many years. And then um, I was offered a club in Saginaw, Michigan in like 1999, 2000. And I was guaranteed that I would only be here for three years and I was out the door. I could go someplace else. I would not be stuck in Saginaw my whole life. What year is it? I'm in Saginaw. <laughs> so I took over general manager here in just at the end of 1999. And I've been here ever since. And I bought the club in 2014. I was surrounded by a lot of kind people who had faith. You could say I was around at the right time. And I was offered an opportunity to purchase the business. So I did in 2014. And that's what I've been doing ever since running it from a little bit different perspective than being the general manager, but running it nonetheless. I got to say, I feel like throwing confetti for a woman club <laughs> owner. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a ride, but it's been fantastic. I like it. I'm pleased that I stuck around. Also very blessed and thankful that I had the opportunity to purchase the business. So I consider myself pretty lucky. Karen, did you finish your degree? Three. Yep. I went to Michigan State and I have a bachelor's of science in a uh, way for it, psychology and and I've used it a lot through the years. So I'm glad that I did that as well. So it certainly didn't hurt anything. And I feel like I've put it to good use through the years. And it's probably been very helpful for a lot of people. So yes, I did. In what ways have you used it? Well, I think in knowing how to communicate with the IPEs, which are independent contractors, and in knowing how to deal with my staff and helping them through trials and tribulations and traumas in their lives. So, you know, every day it's something different and new. And there's generally somebody who's having some sort of issue. So I think that it's made me um, better in handling a lot of situations and diffusing situations. I think it's been helpful. Did you say psychology? Yep, psychology. Okay, because I thought you said ecology originally, and I was like, how is this being used? <laughs> no, psychology, psychology. That so, makes a ton more sense. Uh, 
Uh, you must be like, what are you doing? On um, psychology. Yeah. So I think it's coming very handy. It's helped me be a better manager and a better um, operator for sure. And a better person overall. There's obviously different styles of management. I feel like I probably come from a more understanding and empathetic style, which I think has served me well. Do you think you lead by example? Yeah, I think so. I absolutely think so. I mean, I'm certainly not perfect, but I try to lead by example and always have. Do Sorry. you feel like I'm as a dancer helped you become a better manager and owner? It was absolutely priceless. I don't think be nearly as successful in my managerial career had it not been for being on the lines as an entertainer. So that was priceless. And I, you know, I'd have to say necessary, at least for me. That experience in and of itself was very good and very interesting and very helpful towards my future. And I think you come from a totally different angle if you've already danced. I mean, so uh, when you have an issue with a, an entertainer and they say something to the effect of, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, actually you do because you've been and you've done that. So it's a very good perspective to come in from for these people. So I, yeah, it serves me well. I wouldn't give it up. Let's put it that way. The experience. When you went to apply for the waitressing position, you didn't know that the establishment that you were going to was a strip club. You had no idea. I thought it was like a waitressing place because in the newspaper it said deja vu, hiring wait staff. And so deja vu, you know, I didn't bother to look it up. We didn't really look at the, we didn't have the, <laughs> that deja vu, it must be a restaurant or a bar. I never, ever crossed my mind that could be an adult entertainment club ever. And even when I first went in, I had no idea up to the bar and you looked through the stage. So up until that very moment, I had no idea. When you started working there, was the boutique right in the front where you walked in? When you walked in the far left door, you went down that hallway and there was a bar and to the, but if you walked in, yes, I think it would have been the boutique would have been right there and right in the front. So right. did you walk into dildos everywhere? And, and because I walked into the other door to the left uh, of that, there were actually two doors. Now, if I had gone that door, that was something. And when I was finally exposed to that, it was something. Like, holy smokes. Where am I? But it was fascinating. It thrilled me. I liked it. It was fun. Does your club have a boutique? Yep. We do have a small boutique here in Saginaw. And uh, my girl running it since 2004 is still here with me as well. Scaled way down from um, bigger clubs. But yep, we have one. And it does what, okay. What do you sell the most of? I would say uh, probably, well, videos. Okay. The DVDs are very, very, very popular. And then I would say uh, the dildos for sure. And a lot. And also, you know what? We have Rush and that sells pretty hot and heavy too. And I guess there's a lot of things. And then the pills, the enhancement pills, they they love that as well. Big sellers. Do you know if they work? I've been told that they do work. Awesome. We have a lot of repeat guests, so customers. So I think that proof is in the pudding. So yes, okay. I, it, it works. It works for some for many people. I worked at gas stations that sold like extends and dudes be coming in those gas stations just buying up packs <laughs> of extends. That apparently they do something. That's how it is here. And these things do something. They definitely do something. So they definitely enhance an experience. There's just no question in my mind. Do you still have booths in your establishment anywhere? We do still have some of the old school video booths where you go in and you can pick a video in the in the way back of our boutique. So there are still some of those. Those don't really do what they used to do. Those used to be really big, you know, 20 years. They're not so big anymore. We, however, have an adult theater and that does pretty decent. So it's kind of just like an open theater. A lot of gentlemen really like that. So it's like a regular open theater. It's a smaller version of a theater. 
It's got a big, huge screen and you can sit in a comfortable chair and watch. You know, Do you run movies all day? We run them all day in the boutique. Absolutely. And we have two theaters. One of them's a little bit bigger. The other one's smaller, but it does, it does pretty good business. And you, you've got a lot of regular clientele who come in there all the time and clearly uh, enjoy watching the movies. Sounds like you have an entire entertainment complex. It is. I like to think so. We have some VIP rooms. We have VIP beds. We have a boutique next door. So yeah, we do have a, definitely have a little complex here for sure. Oh, show. Is your club totally nude? It is totally nude. We do not have alcohol. Uh, in the state of Michigan, it's illegal to have alcohol with um, nudity. We've managed to do fantastic without it. So yes, we are totally, completely butt naked. In adult entertainment, the managers are predominantly men. Have you had any problems with sexism or any of that kind of thing throughout the years? I personally love having women in a managerial role. And so I'm always looking for them. I'm looking for strong, competent, and confident women because I think they serve a great purpose in this kind of a business. And they come from obviously a totally different angle than than a man would come from. And there's something to be said for that. Tell us about the customers that come into your location. I'll tell you one of the funniest stories that ever happened. This was many, many years ago. It was when I was first moving to Saginaw and starting, started working here. And so it was probably a, I don't know, 8 p.m. on like Monday or Tuesday night. It was early. I heard that they were having a feature and the feature's name was Bunny Glamazon. It was really, really, really tall, like, you know, an Amazon tall, big, 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 big woman. And that was her trademark, that she was a very big woman, like, you know, seven foot tall. She was huge, tall. I walked in the door and I was making my way in. I looked and there was this lady, Bunny Glamazon, running across the club with a little tiny man in her arms like a baby. And it was just so ridiculous and funny that I have never forgotten about it. And it was just, it was so, it was just so ridiculous that she was running through the club with this little tiny man in her arms like a baby. So that was, was one he of the- a customer or part of the show? She had picked up a little man because it was a shorter little man. And especially next to her, that's one of the things that I remember as being very funny. And there have been many, many silly, crazy things through the years. Have you ever had any run-ins with Ron Jeremy? Oh, absolutely. Ron Jeremy was here and uh he was actually one of my biggest nights that we ever had and there was a line out the door and people were dying to see him but yes i i spent a little bit of time with ron jeremy he was very interesting how did you feel about him uh he was a little extra a little yeah, a little, but I did not have any. I didn't have any real issues with him. But there have been some issues with him, haven't there? Yeah, some yeah, stuff, some major stuff. Yeah, he was a little bit pushy. I will say that. Had he bathed when he came to see you? I don't think so. Don't really think so. He didn't. He didn't have the best hygiene. Yeah, I remember that about Ron Jeremy, but he was a huge draw. So I, I, I also remember that. So it kind of superseded the, um, the bathing issue. <laughs> right. Yeah, we did have him as well. So we've had many, you know, people through the years, obviously, uh, feature entertainers that come. We don't have as many nowadays. It's not as popular as it once was. I think that when we had the wrestlers, I don't know if it's appropriate to say, but I think they coined themselves as the midget wrestlers. I hope that's not inappropriate, but that's what they called themselves. They were fun and they were great entertainment. We had a lot of fun with those guys. Very professional, very decent people, but they did very well for our club as well. So those kind of things stick out to me. (laughs) The really great for the club things stick out with 
with me. Do you still have the male amateur contest? You know what? I have not, we have not done that in a long, long time, but we did do that for many, many years. And that was always fun. And occasionally yeah. bring in the male dancers as well. And that was always a good time. So we haven't done male dancers in, in a long time, probably since obviously pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. um, we will eventually bring them back because the ladies love it. Yeah. We're in short demand around here for that kind of entertainment. Over the years, have you seen an increase in female customers? Oh God, yes. Huge increase in female customers. You know, years ago, back in the very early days, you had to have a male chaperone. You are a woman. I think that might have happened back in my day. And even back then, I thought that was ridiculous. And the evolution of women, it's become, you know, probably 50-50 or close. I mean, it's, it's definitely become more mainstream and more woman-oriented and acceptable as it should have been through the years. And so, yes, we see women all the time. We welcome women. We love to see women. I would say oftentimes they don't spend as much money as the boys, but they're nice to have around. And perhaps some of them will become entertainers. And that's always a hope. So What's you your think favorite aspect of the business? I think that it is the fun. Like there's just, there's something to be said for having a good time feeling like you're at a party. And that's one of the things that this business has brought. And so a certain time of the night, you know, especially on a weekend when you come in, it just feel, it feels good. It feels like a party. People are smiling, laughing, happy. That I think is what I've really, really liked about it. It feels good. And you know what else I really like about the business is that it's an opportunity to lift up a lot of women who come from maybe lesser backgrounds than others do sometimes and who are, have the ability to rise above wherever they are in life and make something better of themselves. An avenue to go to college perhaps or to do another trade or even to move forward in this business. They are better capable of raising their children. I think that is the thing I like the most about it is what it can do for an individual. That's what I like. And what's the worst part? The worst part is probably those same people not following through and not becoming what they could be. And when you see somebody who's so fantastic and doesn't have the willpower or the desire or what have you to become what they really could become, that's kind of sad. That is what's, I would say, the hardest part, really, overall. Sounds a lot like being a teacher. Yeah, probably different. But yes, you see the kids that can do really great and excel are wonderful. And it's sad to watch those that don't, that have the potential sitting right in front of them. And the entertainers that you have at your club, they're 18 and up. So you definitely have an impact on them. They're young and and you're able to help direct them down a better path. Oh, and, and there have been some through the years. There's some been some that have come across rough times and we've helped them out. There's also some that have come across rough times and we've not been able to help them out. There's been a couple losses through the years. Those have been very hard. The ladies who try really hard to succeed and do not succeed. And then again, like you said, the kids are the women that you can actually help mold or direct into a better future. And it's always wonderful when they come back to, you know, 10 years later and say, thank you so much, or this is what I'm doing. And there's definitely a sense of pride in that. And that's really important. So that I very much like. Have you had a lot of issues with the community in which your club is located? I used to have a lot of issues with the community that this club is located. Many years ago, we had a really big problem with just the, the police being like in our parking lot. It was it was really bad for a while. And it would scare, it scared away guests. Yeah, I totally support the police. I support my city, my town, everything. I want a safe and healthy neighborhood. But I 
at the time I thought it was very excessive. It hurt us for a while, but now we've gotten over that hump and we do have a great relationship with our community and our surroundings. I like to think we're very good neighbors, which we are. We have no longer have any issues whatsoever in regards to that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank God. Going back to the beginning, when you made the transition from waitressing to dancing, how did that transition happen? That was kind of fun. That was a good feeling because the waitressing, you kind of felt like you had to follow the schedule and do, 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 do. But when you became an entertainer, it felt a little bit more free, like you had more freedom. And it was a sense of empowerment, actually, because all of a sudden you are making this money. There's people that are interested in you. It's a very, very good, uplifting, almost euphoric feeling. And you kind of realize your own potential and your own power as a woman. And I think that's what happened in in that moment. It felt very good transitioning from waitress to entertainer and then really becoming a successful entertainer. It was a, a lovely transition, actually. Were you good your first time up on stage? Oh, I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine I was good on my first time on stage. Oh, I doubt it highly doubt it highly, but I was surrounded by a whole bunch of people because I'd worked there. So they were very supportive. So as a waitress slash bartender going on stage for the first time, we had all the support in the world. So all the entertainers on the floor and the staff were extremely supportive. Any kind of guests that were there were supportive as well. So I'm sure I sucked bad. And that's what I say to a lot of entertainers today. They're like, I don't know how to dance. I'm like, nobody knows how to dance ever. Nobody knows how to dance when they first come in here. You'll, you'll figure it out. Don't worry. I'm not afraid to say it. It's the truth. Do you feel like you had an aptitude for it though do you feel like you took to it pretty quickly you mean the dancing yeah I, th- I think I probably did I think some people are more inclined to be good entertainers and or like sexy or, or what have you like have more of a I don't know yes more maybe it's more ability or more sex appeal or something there's definitely I mean some are better than others okay some dancers are better than other dancers uh, as far as physically on the stage they seem better or they seem more in tune but that doesn't make them any less valuable but yes I feel like I had an aptitude towards it I feel I've kind of felt like I was a natural. It came to me pretty quickly after a little bit of time. And that's not to say I was the greatest. I'm just saying that, you know, I felt pretty comfortable and I feel like I was entertaining. Have you ever had a guy come in that seemed like maybe he was really uncomfortable or maybe just thought women were icky after he got in there? I've seen through the years men, some men come in that are rude or cruel and or disrespectful. I mean, that has definitely happened through the years. What can you do about that except for, you know, get them out of there, ask them to leave gently and calmly and try not to expose your entertainers to that kind of attitude. So that's what we do in those situations. That's what I do. Before I let you go, I actually had a friend that wanted me to pose an idea to you. He thinks it would be a great idea if you had a game night where entertainers played games with men. You know, that's kind of cute in a way. And there may actually be a space for something like that. I mean, I'm sure there's a way you could make that work in some capacity, in some capacity, in some way. maybe you could win a game with a dancer, you know, or I don't know. I, I'm not, I, it's possible. It's not something I've really thought about as far as a game with a guest. You'd have to think about how that would entertain the guest. Like what comes of the game? You're just going to hang out and play games? I'm trying to think of how it would work, but I am not opposed to any suggestion just for the record. Maybe pay for that instead of a lap dance. I don't know. <laughs> bad idea. A rousing game of go fish. So long as it's an arousing game of, I think it would just, it would be gangbusters. An arousing 
game of. All doors are open. You've won awards over the years, have you not? Yeah, I think I have won a few awards. What kind of awards have you won? Most of the things I won awards in were geared more towards advertising. It was back when radio was really big and we had a whole series of advertisements and the ads were hysterical. And so we had a whole series of them, like probably hundreds, just that general advertising, you know, getting people to your club. So that was basically what that that award was mostly geared towards. So we had a lot of fun in that regard and making advertisements and making ads. But radio is obviously not the same as it used to be. So we don't do that so much. If you still have any of those old radio ads, I would love them. Oh, Angela, I have so many. (laughs) I will look. That I can probably locate. I want to find a good one. It's the holidays and everywhere you go, it smells like nutmeg and cinnamon. Everything smells like pumpkin pie. The second Deja Vu wants to fill you up. You'll be filled up to your eyes in pumpkin as the beautiful Deja Vu girls go at it in a pool full of pumpkin pie. It's the second Deja Vu's annual after Thanksgiving leftover pumpkin pie wrestling. Corner guys, before and after every round, you whip cream your girl and then toss her back in the ring. This isn't some mamsy pamsy girls on girl wrestling. This is get it on and make Get hurt pumpkin wrestling. It all happens Saturday, November 27th. The Saginaw Deja Vu opens Monday through Friday at 12 noon. Saturday, 3 and $5. Sunday starts at 5 p.m. Stop by on two for Tuesday. $2 admission and two for one dances. Extra cash for the holidays, ladies, with amateur night every Thursday. 300 big ones. Pumpkin wrestling, Saturday, November 27th. This is a holiday tradition. Open till 4 a.m. Thursday through Saturday. Check us out for all of our specials and free passes at SaginawDejaVu.com. Don't forget to check out the 12 Days of Christmas right next door in our love boutique. Are you guys still doing Melon Fest? You know, we haven't done it since COVID. We did a scaled down version here last year and we'll do the same this year in September. But no. Is Melon Fest like memory month? Melon Fest is a couch dance competition where every single day you're doing state and sometimes surrounding states come together and each club has a night where they're um, featured and the dancers, a group of five to six dancers in each club compete for the most couch chances. Wow, that sounds fun. Oh, it's fun. It is fun and crazy. It's it's a lot of work also, but it's always a good time. It's always a very good time. I feel like you and I might have been on the same Melon Fest team at least once. I think that we were, Angela. I do believe Uh, didn't we love Melon Fest? Yes. So we haven't done it in a while. I want to say I really miss it. <laughs> I really miss it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe eventually we'll get back into it. Was your business hit real hard by COVID? Oh, good God. Yes. We were hit really hard and closed down for quite some time. You know, the sad part about all of it is that we were not entitled to any financial support from the government because we were an adult business. And so in the documentation from our government, it stated that if you were a pruient, which means sexually explicit business, you could not qualify for any of the monies, any of the funds. So that was really tough. So basically- awful. I took out money on my house. I did all sorts of things to make sure that we made it through the pandemic. It was tough, but we did and we're fine and we're back. So we okay. We okay over here. Thank God. I'm glad you're still going strong. Thank you. Any words of wisdom before you go? And do what feels right. I just made that up, but I think it's a good one. Don't do what feels wrong. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to us. Welcome. Y'all have a great day. Bye. Bye. And with that, we're we're here here if you need to talk. talk. Did I scream?